0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, and there's plenty of other social networks as well. To make sure you're getting all of our updated uh, COVID analysis, follow us on Parlor at Steve Dace. There's also MeWe. You can follow us there. Gab as well. Look for my name there too. And then if you're looking for samples of the show that you can share with others and then watch yourself, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D E A C E. My new book, A Nefarious Carol, we're going to continue studying that coming up on Thursday. You want to get your copy, you can over at Amazon.com or an autographed copy at Premier Collectibles. The link for that is pinned to the top of both my Twitter and Facebook pages if you have had a chance to read the book or listen to the Audible version with my daughter and I. Thank you very much. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if you enjoyed it, Uh, we appreciate those as well. Many of you have done that for us already. Thank you very much. I should also let you know. More details are forthcoming, but the next book will be the definitive takedown of Anthony Fauci. That will be the next book. Looking at a spring release, so more deal, more details on that to come. Also, the guy to my right here is, is helping me put that one together, which is another reason why we're going to be able to put this thing out, don't look too excited, which is another reason why we're going to be able to put this thing out on, on such a quick turnaround. So, both of us are combining our brain power on this one. So, details on that to come, stay tuned. All right. Coming up on the show here today, our old friend Josh Hammer, the op-ed page editor for Newsweek, will be joining us next hour. Uh, and in a previous life, he was a clerk on the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for a federal judge. And he has written a piece over at the Public Discourse about how conservative legal theory, conservative legal activism needs to change. It's an outstanding piece. We're going to talk to Josh about that a little bit later on. For fake news or not. We're going we're gonna to take a look at some of the recent hits from one of my favorite Twitter feeds that I have to tell you I cannot believe is still up. I, I just I can't believe that this guy has survived this long. And when we show you what he does, you too will be surprised <laughs> that he has not yet been banned and survived this long. Bottom of the hour. Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to go a little bit more in depth about Coca-Cola and its diversity training, uh, asking its employees to be less white. I have a problem with that, but it may not be the problem you think. We'll get to that coming up here uh, with Pop Culture Tuesday at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away? Brought to you by the ever-loving courts. The U.S. Supreme Court yesterday refused to review Pennsylvania-related election cases. The court said the case would have had no standing before the election and is moot afterwards. Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch dissented in the case. With Justice Thomas writing, "Quote: One wonders what this court waits for. We failed to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections." The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. I respectfully dissent. End quote. Learning Chinese today. Today's raises. Lord Nefarious say erosion of voter confidence is a feature, not a bug.
0: Natharius勋爵说，削弱选民的信心是一种特征，而不是一种缺陷。
2: hearing of Biden Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland is going well. If you agree with this
0: statement, allowing biological males to compete in an all-female sport deprives women of the opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes.
2: This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking here. He also has some interesting thoughts on what constitutes terrorism. Do you regard assaults on federal courthouses or other federal property as acts of domestic extremism, domestic terrorism?
1: Well... Uh, Senator, um, my own definition, which is about the same as the statutory definition, is uh, a use of violence or threats of violence in an attempt to uh, disrupt uh, democratic processes. So an attack on a uh, uh, a courthouse while in operation, uh, trying
0: to prevent judges from actually deciding cases, that plainly is um, domestic uh, um, uh, extremism, um, 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 uh, domestic uh, terrorism. Um, an attack simply on government property
2: at night or any other kind of circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one and should be punished. There are now more questions than answers surrounding the narrative of the events at the Capitol on January 6th. According to the UK Daily Mail, the mother of Capitol Police officer Brian Sicknick, whose death, we were told by outlets like the New York Times, was caused by a protester slamming a fire extinguisher to his head, says that's not the case. Gladys Sicknick told the Daily Mail, as far as the family knows, her son had a fatal stroke. She says D.C. authorities have left the family in the dark as far as an exact cause of death for Sicknick, quote, we'd love to know what happened. Former President Trump is set to speak at CPAC 2021 next week. According to Axios, Trump plans to claim control of the GOP and send the message that he's the Republican presumptive nominee for 2024. Microsoft announced a joint effort yesterday, along with Adobe, the BBC, Intel and others to combat quote unquote misleading content online. The conglomeration's goal is to create an open standard process any website or platform can adopt, which allows the platform to quickly trace the origin of the aforementioned misleading content. To boil this down, the largest computer operating system company in the world, the largest chip maker in the world, the second largest audio video software company in the world, and one of the largest news networks in the world are all joining forces to send, I mean, combat misleading content. Climate czar John Car-
0: The scientists told us three years ago we had 12 years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. We are now
2: three years gone, so we have nine years left. One, two, three,
0: four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.
2: Dr. Naomi Wolf, former advisor to President Bill Clinton, went on Fox News to slam coronavirus fascism.
3: Nowhere in the Constitution does it say all this can be suspended if there's a bad disease. We have lived through typhus, cholera, smallpox, HIV, tuberculosis, polio, the Spanish flu. You know, we've lived through an attack on our soil. Never have there been months and months and months of emergency powers when we weren't actually fighting a war.
2: Some Encouraging news, restaurateurs in Carlsbad, California have had enough of Governor Newsom's coronavirus restrictions. 600 businesses have banded together to defy those restrictions. The attorney for the group, Michael Curran, explains. Today marks a different day, and here's why. We're tired of waiting for this governor to get, it, to get it right. We have determined that, you know, we are the people. And when the government doesn't get
1: it right, we gave them the power to govern, we can take it back. Today, we take it back. We are declaring ourselves open for business, outdoor, indoor, safely, and responsibly. These are adults and very good business owners. They're very good rest- they know how to run their businesses. They've done it safely for
2: generations. We don't need a governor to tell us how to or not to run these businesses. They know how. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock. Do not allow yourself to get a crash course in home title theft here in 2021 because it can ruin you financially. Here's how that crime occurs. The legal titles to our homes are often kept online, which makes them hackable. Cyber thieves know this. They find your home's title hack into it, forge your signature on a quit claim deed stating you have sold your home to them, and then they take out loans against your home until all of that equity is gone and you often won't know about it until the collection calls or worse begin to pour in. Unfortunately, your homeowner's insurance uh, as well as your mortgage lender cannot protect you, but home title lock does and in the unlikely event you still become a victim of title theft while a member home title lock pledges to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars out of its own pocket to rightfully restore your home's title to you so go to home title lock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and then while you're there use the code radio for 30 free days of protection that's the code radio for 30 free days of protection when you go to home Coming up in the overtime today, there is a fascinating, accurate, but not sufficient uh, article written at Revolver News over the weekend pointing out some of the long-term grift within the Republican Party. I'm going to point out why it doesn't actually go far enough. We're going to get into that today in the overtime. This is the final week, by the way, to take advantage of our biggest discounted subscription ever at Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash to take advantage of that discount. We're going to record the overtime right after today's show, then we'll upload it for you to be able to watch if you're a subscriber later today at blazetv.com slash That's where you can go to both watch it later today as well. As get that big record-setting discounted subscription. And let's get to what is in the montage today, shall we? I have to tell you, and I'm unpleasantly surprised. But I have to tell you that Amy Coney Barrett has been a disappointment so far. Um, even the California case that she ruled the right way on the religious freedom case there, um, she still permitted the idea that they could ban you from singing in church. I mean, there there's, there's half-assed rulings. That's why we didn't spend a a, a big amount of time celebrating that. I mean, it was a win but it was not sufficient. If it was a judge that came with the biography of Brett Kavanaugh, and so you know going in who he is, he's a squish. He's the new Anthony Kennedy. You know that going in, right? You take that as a win from him, but from her? To whom much is given, much is required. I mean, there, there's higher expectations for her. That's, that's not the ruling of a former clerk for Antonin Scalia. And neither was the decision she made yesterday to punt on the election fraud cases. Also, not the makings of our new Scalia there. Not surprised that Brett Kavanaugh told you the day he was nominated, disastrous nomination. And if they would not have attempted an unprecedented character assassination against him, and then allowing that precedent to stand... I mean, we otherwise would have vehemently opposed his nomination on this show. I thought that was one of the worst decisions of Trump's presidency, was nominating him. he will He's going to be a disappointment perennially. That was obvious. But Amy Coney Barrett has been a disappointment thus far. And if someone with her resume is is going to come out of the chute this soft. And our, our libertarian judicial hero, Neil Gorsuch, who was right on this yesterday, but he's the guy last year that, remember, the libertarian judge that um, invented codifying mental illness called gender dysphoria into law. If... If those are the best two, that the conservative or federalist society, which really handles the judicial vetting in the Republican Party, if that's your top two, then I think we probably have to just determine that the federal, the the, the FedSoc or federalist society, and we'll get into this with Josh Hammer later, that the model is just the ground is bad. I mean, I mean the ground is bad. The guy who replaced Scalia invented training man madness as a civil right. I mean, we're all in uproar over this equality act that they want to do in Congress. They've already codified this whole thing into law, thanks to Neil Gorsuch anyway. It's a it's largely a moot point. It's another that's why we haven't spent a bunch of time on it on the show. I'm well aware of it. But it's largely it's it's arguing about, you know, um the hay hey, after it's out of the barn. Gorsuch already codified this into what we call law. Now, if you've got legislatures, and there are some, who are saying, hey, we're not enforcing that in our state, now I got your back. Now you're, you're pushing back on judicial supremacy. But the law that they, the, what the Democrats are trying to do in Congress, they're, they're essentially trying to award themselves for something that's largely already occurred. And you can thank Neil Gorsuch for that. And now this is the second time in a row that Amy Coney Barrett has been a disappointment. Given their bios and biographies and what we knew about them, other than there was literally nothing about the life issue in Gorsuch's entire biography, there was really nothing in his judicial biography to indicate he was going to invent the right to inflict your mental illness on the rest of America. Not that I recalled and we vetted him. Do you remember this? No. No. If I would have told you last I'll check
0: no, Unitarian Church. Uh, no,
1: okay. All right. I, I you know what I forgot about that. Thank you. Because I was just remembering his legal uh background. But you're right. The well it was Episcopalian, not Unitarian, but <laughs> never mind. All right. <laughs> department of Redundancy department, right? Okay. Um but you're right, I forgot about that. But if I would have if I would have told you the day after the election, that Amy Coney Barrett would be the deciding vote on whether to grant cert for voting fraud cases against, what would you have told me? I'd have questions. Yeah, you'd think there's no... First of all, I would not have predicted it. Right. I wouldn't have predicted it. But we just watched it happen yesterday. I can't take credit for this. Somebody else said it. In fact, I saw several somebody else say it. But at this point, we just ought to have Clarence Thomas determine our judicial nominees just bypass the federalist society whatever the current apparatus is is a colossal generational cosmic failure cosmic level of failure when i go to eternity and god asks me what what is the what, what is what atoning act should i use to countermand and reconcile the the vast list of your sins, Stephen. I'm going to tell him with confidence, Lord, I voted Republican for good judges. And then I'm going to head to the down place because that answer will not be sufficient. We, we got to completely rehaul, overhaul our judicial nomination process. Because it's... A lot of us would have said at this time last year, the next opening that comes up, she's probably the best we could come up with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Given who could get confirmed, what the process is, she's the best we could get. But this is not not how the former decorated clerk for Antonin Scalia, the menace to society that uh, the spirit of the age tried to paint her as, we're not off to a... You know, we, we want them to think that about her and we're not off to a good start where that is concerned, actually. Kavanaugh was always going to be a loser. But between Gorsuch, training Madness, and what we've seen so far out of Amy Coney Barrett, underwhelming is a compliment. On the Sicknick thing, how, how is this? It's, it's February 23rd their son was killed what is it now 25 23 48 days ago how is it possible that this family doesn't know the cause of their son's death what what is the innocent explanation for that anybody have one no bureaucratic mishap no no all there there's there's several potential explanations for why the sicknick family doesn't know what happened to their boy are any of them good? No. No, they're they're all bad. They're all bad. And it's so transparent too. It's Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself transparent. I know that you know and you know that I know that you are full of complete and total runny feces. But you're going to try the act on me anyway. I guess. And you know why? I'll tell you why. The very last story in Aaron's montage—those restaurateurs in um, those restaurateurs in in Carlsbad, California—that's why. Because that only happened in Carlsbad, California. It didn't happen in Wichita, Kansas. It didn't happen in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Buffalo, New York, Billings, Montana, Kansas City, Missouri, Scottsdale, Arizona, Albuquerque, New Mexico. See what I'm doing here? Mm -hmm. The fact that it didn't happen everywhere. That's why. That's why. We have as much tyranny as we are willing to tolerate. We have as much corruption as we are willing to tolerate. we tolerate it so we keep getting it that's why that's why the answer is us there's still too many of you sitting around waiting for some official all clear it's never coming guys never's a strong word why it's are we, never coming
0: and why are we waiting for Naomi Wolf to be Paul Revere in yes. this scenario yes but god bless her
1: oh, she's exa- everything she said is right yes and and, and and again, as I said before, in another context with another individual, our, our very own Paul Alexander, it's going to be people like Naomi Wolf and Paul Alexander that are going to save us from civil war. Hope that there's more of them. People that may not agree with you, even on some things that are fundamental to your belief system, but just aren't frauds on a human level. Aren't malevolent forces. You, we may find them wrong. We may find them endemically systemically wrong on some things but the intention is not to be malevolent they just from our belief system are wrong but other than that try to deal with people on a somewhat honest level there needs to be and we need to pray that there are more people like that on the other side because if there's not we're heading there I don't see how we avoid going there unfortunately because the only other way to avoid it is what I just said about Carlsbad. bad. The only other way to avoid it is for all of us to say, we're not doing this stuff anymore. We're just not tolerating it. We're not doing it. I'll break the bolts on my kid's school, teach the kids my damn self. School's at nine. See you tomorrow. I'm not doing it. That's what other generations did, guys. Now, to be fair... The the revolutionary generation, they tried this at first, too. They didn't, like, hop right to the tea party. They spent years wasting their time waiting for the all clear from King George. They waited for that, too. That's human nature. We're sons of Adam, daughters of Eve. We have a tendency to just let things happen to us. That's how we roll as a species. And then when they do, because we didn't do what we were supposed to do for them not to happen, we then blame the guy who made us on why he didn't step in to stop this from happening. That's kind of our, the, the arc of human history, basically, right? Summed yeah. up, essentially. So we're not unique in that sense. The generation that pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors, they wasted upteen years sitting around waiting for the all-clear from Parliament or the Court of King James. When they finally got it through their thick skulls, it was never happening. And they probably knew long before. It's just a lot of these people were wealthy, owned land, educated, understood. They understood the cost that would be paid for accepting this truth. And they were going to have to pay it. That, and it was going to come at a high price. See, that's, that's our thing. We're not willing to pay that price. So the tyranny will just continue. You're never getting an all clear. You're never getting an all clear from Joe Biden. You're never getting an all-clear from Anthony Fauci. It's never happening. You're going to issue the all-clear. You. I'm looking right at you. Yeah, you. Right now. You. The answer is us. You're going to issue the all-clear. You want to know where the all-clear is going to come from? The same place OJ should have looked for the real killers. In a mirror. The all-clear is when we're like... It was fun while it lasted. Cool story, bro. Back to America. Stay all clear. You're going to have to issue it. They're not doing this on their own. So it's just a matter of how much longer do you want to have your business shut down and live in a basement with your way of life taken away from you. And it won't end a minute before or a minute after we reach that critical mass. (sighs) Finally on Trump. I think you just, and some of you may not like this. Some of you may be ecstatic at this news. I think it's, you should just assume that if he's healthy, he will run again and run unopposed. Unless it's somebody like a Larry Hogan, who's this year's Jeff Flake. And even if in the end he decides he doesn't want to do it again, it's pretty clear by the fact he's the keynote speaker at CPAC next week, the message that's being sent, at the very least he is going to suck all so much oxygen out of the room of this process that at the very least nothing is going to occur or nothing's going to happen with it until he announces that. So you're better off at this point just assuming that Donald Trump, if healthy, will be the 2024 Republican nominee. There will be no primary process. There will be no candidate vetting process. There will be no Iowa caucus. There will be no New Hampshire primary. Those events will take place, but they're all fait accompli. And at this point, there's probably better odds that Joe Biden won't be on the ticket in 24 than Trump. Any thoughts on that?
0: No, yeah, that's dead on. I, Unfortunate, but I it helps not only candidates, but this show, kind of after 2016, just move forward and maintain our sanity. Mm-hmm. Let's set it aside as best we can, and um, we'll get to it when we need to get to it.
1: And that really means, from this time forward, for the foreseeable future, there's really no point in, in, in vetting any of these people for any future aspiration whatsoever. None of them. Because it, they're just, it's just not a, a relevant process, at yeah. least for the next couple of years.
0: Unless they come front and center themselves via their own actions, but in terms of a systemic process, candidate by candidate, you're absolutely right. And if you're a Ron DeSantis fan, this, in
1: some respects, you could see this as good news for you. Because one of the key things that they would use against him next year in a reelect is you don't plan on being governor, that you're looking at future aspirations, right? And so you just take that off the table. Hey, Donald Trump's the Republican nominee until he says otherwise. And then he could still be a very attractive running mate candidate for somebody like a Trump if he does indeed run again in 2024. But at this point the at at this point i think we're even beyond what i've said from the beginning is that if trump chooses to run again he will be the nominee and and the process is frozen until he makes that choice i think we should advance to the next stage of that and just assume now that he will be the republican nominee in 2024 until something he or his health which at that age You know, you've heard me say before. You reach a certain age where you're not even buying green green bananas anymore. I can't take credit for that. Michael Ferris at Alliance Defending Freedom gave me that line. But you do reach a certain age where you're not buying green bananas anymore. Trump is at that age. So is the guy in the White House right now, right? But I think until further notice, you should assume there's better odds that Joe Biden won't be on a ticket in 2024 than Donald Trump. Aaron, you
2: have any thoughts? Is there any? I, I generally agree with that. Is there any scenario, uh, just as a thought exercise, that any of us can think of, where Donald Trump decides to run, somebody else decides to run, who's maybe Ron DeSantis for some reason decides to run? that that would be successful running up against Trump. Given all we know about the environment, given all we know, what was that uh, what was that poll that came out the other day talking about uh, Trump supporters leaving? 46% of them said they'd exactly. leave with him to form a new
1: party? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, the kind of candidate that would that could defeat Trump, somebody that could hit him from the right effectively, is not, I, I know a lot of those people or the people around him, and I just, I don't see any of them launching that mission. So my answer to your question would be no. We'll come back. Pop culture Tuesday and whiteness and Coca-Cola next. You know, we do so many cool things for our pets. We take them for walks. It's 50 degrees going to be today in the Midwest, so that's nice. Uh, We cuddle with them, we love on them, we feed them, we take them to the groomers, the vet when they get ill. You know what they also need, though? And they're probably not getting, and it's not really your fault. It's just the way food is made these days. Uh, They need better nutrition. There's a reason why the supplement section at the human stores is one of the biggest in the in the stores nowadays. It's because so much of our food has been stripped of the pre and probiotics and the uh, all the omega oils and antioxidants and vitamins, vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that we need. The reason they do that is so that the food will be sterile when it leaves the uh, warehouse and it'll stay fresh longer for mass consumption and distribution. Same thing happens with our pet's food these days as well. That's why, thankfully, there's now a supplement for your puppy. It's called Rough Greens. It's a powder you put in your pet's food. You mix it in and all the good stuff likely lacking from the food they already love is back in and it helps the food they love to taste even better. And if you want to give a shot right now and see if you don't see a difference, more of a spring in your puppy's step in the next two weeks or less, try the four. 14-day jumpstart challenge from Rough Greens. When you go to Rough Greens, that's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. Still to come, fake news or not. We're going to highlight one of my favorite Twitter accounts out there. Our old friend Josh Hammer, uh, op-ed page editor for Newsweek, will be joining us, uh, final segment of the program. But let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look each week at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And over the weekend, uh, a big story broke and went viral. A whistleblower within the Coca-Cola company leaked out some of the... uh, um, diversity material that was being promoted internally within one of the more venerable companies of Americana, Coca-Cola, right?
2: Yeah. And of the world. Of the Fair. world, really. Yeah,
1: yeah you're right. All right. And essentially, it was a guide to how to be less white. Now, I I didn't read through the guide because right away, I I realized I have a dilemma. I, I could be less arrogant. Okay, that's probably not true. Um I, I could be less defensive. No, that's probably not true either. Um Actually I'm not I'm not sure I could do any of those things now that I look at the list. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um I mean listings way overrated. Uh so alright, I'm screwed. But the list notwithstanding. Um, how can I be less white, and therefore not be guilty of cultural appropriation? Right. I mean, if I'm if I'm less white, I've got to be more something else, right? More black, more brown, more pansexual, vegan lizard. I got to yeah. something has to replace the white, the whiteness goes. Something has to replace the whiteness. Something has to step in. How would that not, therefore, because what, what, to me, what Coca-Cola is really promoting here, see, I, I think this is sinister. They claim they are promoting diversity, folks. But what Coca-Cola is really advocating is repackaged cultural appropriation. What they're really telling people is, to rob and pillage from other cultures instead and claim it as your own. Embody it yourself. It's like they're run by the Muppets or something. Indeed. Is this, is this not the very definition? What, what Coca-Cola is demanding, is it not the very definition of cultural appropriation? How, am, how can I be less white Yeah. Without also being guilty of cultural appropriation. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on this? Well,
2: as it is written, whiteness must decrease so that what can increase?
1: Yes, something else must do it. Yeah. So
0: what would that be?
1: It would be me appropriating another culture, right?
0: Yes, and we've seen where this goes when a white guy opens up a Chinese restaurant. This has been... This is not theoretical. The hammer has been brought down on uh, white people with dreadlocks. This is... We've been down this road before. This seems like a setup. It's a trap.
1: Is it a setup or is it something maybe they haven't thought of before? All right. So I thought to try to explore my non-white side. And I thought the right position here was to have neither white guilt or white pride. Because it seemed, it seems to me, the very definition of racist is someone assuming I should feel guilty about the color I am, on one hand, and then me assuming I should be prideful of the color I am on the other, right? does not that, that the very definition of defining me according to race?
2: Judging, judging uh, based on the color of your skin, not the yes. content of your character.
1: So I thought that
2: was racist. But I've thankfully been informed that acknowledging
1: defining everything by somebody's race as racist is in and of itself
0: racist correct i don't know by the standard is blackface in now can is that
1: i don't i i don't know that would be cultural appropriation that's a culture for ralph northam I think, yeah, see, that's a I, question i kind of thought blackface was racist actually but now i'm not so sure because exactly. i mean if my if i'm going to be non-white something else has to occupy the space of my face. Correct. Now, I did attempt to get in touch with my not as white side, inspired by Coca Cola. And I put together, well, in white culture, this is called, my understanding is it's called a limerick. In non white
0: culture, it's a rap. Correct? Do I have that correct? <laughs> There's not i think it's clear there's no possibility of you shedding your whiteness after letting that out i think it's called a limerick yes <laughs> stewardess i
1: speak um, jive yeah yes i'm sounding like the white guy in every nwa album why uh yes uh, officer yes uh, yes um so I, I i put together just a little biographical rap to help you and the audience get to know me a little bit better uh and my non-white side are you ready No, but go ahead. All right. Um, Straight out of Juco, crazy white cracker named Steve Dace with residual acne on my face. It's actually up here in this area, sweat acne, but that's not important now. Uh, Since I'm steadfast, I got a podcast. See my picture and you'll wish I'd fast. What do you think? Limerick or rap? What do you think, Limerick or, Limerick or rap?
2: Oh, man, feel like we need to talk to Marshall Mathers about that.
1: And for those who don't know, who is Marshall Mathers? Uh, Eminem. Eminem, yes. Dennis Van Winkle, who was that? You guys, remember who Dennis oh, Van that's Winkle was? Ice. That's Vanilla Ice. Yeah, was Dennis vanilla, Van Winkle? Yes. yes. So, Todd, what do you think? Have I successfully gotten in touch with my not as white side?
0: No.
2: No? Sounds so sure of yourself, Todd. Maybe you need to repent of your whiteness.
0: Oh, I'm sure. On multiple levels, I need to do that. No, no. We're in Kobayashi Maru territory, brother. This is, it's going to take a level of public mortification that you have not yet approached in order to do that. No.
1: All right, what what further, other than um, how I just humiliated myself at my pathetic attempt uh, to rap, um, what, what further mortification is required of me? Well, David?
0: remember a while back, we're in some public park somewhere, a bunch of white folk knelt and apologized mm. for their sins. Have you done that yet?
1: I hmm. could do that right now. I could what what sins would I be apologizing for
0: well I mean that's between you and the woke mob <laughs> yes I think
1: uh, you have a personal relationship with yes. your lord uh, yes and yes. the woke religion yes because alright let me think what what sins do I have to apologize for could it be um, when I was born to a 15 year old single mom would that be it How about when we were on food stamps, ADC, I had reduced lunches at school and ate government cheese, which by the way, is not that bad from
0: what I recall, but could that be it? You're probably going to have to run this by Beth Moore. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's your point gal on this one. How
1: about when my mom had to drop out of high school because she was pregnant Get her GED. Is that the whiteness that I need to apologize for? Do you know?
0: Is there a story of the man holding you down that goes along with all of these? I mean,
1: I once worked at a temp agency called Manpower. Not a gay bar. It's a real company. Uh, I worked at a place called, that would be Manhole. Do not confuse it with Manhole. (laughs) Totally different establishment. All right. I thought there's anything wrong with that. Now I worked at Manpower, right as a temp. I did a series of odd jobs for about a year, anywhere from uh, filing duties to assisting a logger. I did I did assisting a logger once at Manpower. Wow, just a, a, a whole collection of men, uh, you know menial tasks for low wage, or what we like to call today, unskilled work. And believe me, it was very unskilled. But- would we, that be? We would neither, that be the white privilege that I need to um, mortify, we, repent my body?
0: But there are mortify my body and repent for. You need, with your story, you always need to be pushing the line. Was the math racist? Was showing up on time racist? These have been things that have been issued lately that have been reimagined to show the true level of how we are owned by racism in this society. One plus one.
1: Racist. Have you guys seen State Farm? I mean, State Farm has a collection of great ads they're running during sporting events with the State Farm agents and uh, Chris Paul and uh, Aaron Rodgers and course. Pat Mahomes. I mean, it's a great collection of ads. It's, it's not quite uh, Jake from State Farm. That's one of my all-time favorite commercials. What are you wearing? I love that ad. All right. But I mean, they have a very successful ad campaign going. And over the weekend, I was watching some college basketball and I saw another ad from State Farm run. And it's an ad in black and white. The whole ad's in black and white. And it's essentially a social social justice ad. And I thought, it's appropriate that this ad is in black and white. Because State Farm is literally pretending it's 1956. I mean, that's what... that Literally, nothing has changed in America. Nothing... No progress has been made whatsoever this is the same ad that was being run in the fifties. You got to run this ad. Is there a more cynical, insipidly cynical entity in American culture today or American pop culture today, if we want to be more specific than the fake woke corporation who we all know, that if it would if it would enhance a half a penny on their share price, would lay off how many people, send how many people home without a paycheck to feed their families or send their kids to, to college, whether straight, gay, black, white, pan, vegan, Martian. If it would improve a half a friggin' penny on their share price, would lay all your asses off. Would used... send every last one of you folk, every last one of you to the poor house and not think twice about it, and instead, man, they'd high-five each other at the next damn shareholder meeting. Yep. Is there anything, is there anything more insipidly cynical in America today than the fake woke corporation? Anything. No. More and... damnably
2: cynical, more damnably nihilistic, Aaron, than that. Your thoughts. No. And... What's been happening in, in the United States, especially this decade, in a concentrated form in the last year, is is the proliferation of of critical race theory. You know that, I know that. Everybody listening knows that. But but I want to back up why now and why critical race theory? What what's the end goal of Marxism, Steve? What's the end goal of Marxism? Power and control. Power and control. Um I think what happened is that true Marxism. Who was the boogeyman in that? Who was who were the boogeyman in that? The rich, right? Mm-hmm. The rich. I think somewhere along the way, it was found out that that was never really going to fly that much in the United States. It does to some degree, but not on a mass scale. So why not why not target America's original sin if you will? of slavery, our history with that, even though, even though that's been dealt with and it's been a rocky road, but we have, we're not in 1956 anymore. We're not in 1856 for that matter. Why not? Let's say rebrand Marxism. In racial terms. Mm -hmm. See, at the end of the day, critical race theory, all of this stuff, even the cynical, even the cynical ploy of the Coca-Cola's of the world. Critical race theory is just Marxism in a different colored leotard. It's like, you know, in in, in Microsoft Word where you can do uh, control F or command F and you can go find different words. It's like Marxism was just uh, you just did a command F search for uh, rich people and replace it with white people. That's a, that's basically what critical mm-hmm. race theory is today. Just Marxism in a different colored leotard.
1: Just to further your point, remember this headline from last October? Black Lives Matter leader Patrice Cullors lands Warner Brothers development deal Yeah, to produce television programming for arguably the largest, most powerful, successful movie studio other than Disney on this entire planet. Because nothing says down with the struggle. Nothing says oppression. Nothing says systemic racism. Like getting a development deal from Warner Brothers. This is all a scam. It's all a lie. You are not, regardless of the color of your skin, your belief system, uh, your gender, you're not guilty for anything other than the actual sins you have committed. And don't let anybody tell you any different. You're not any more guilty for the fact that your great-great-great-great-grandfather was a fiend who beat his wife than you are for what happened in America in 1842. You're only guilty for what you've done wrong. You need to make amends for what you've done wrong. You need forgiveness an atonement for
0: what you have done wrong and that's it and that's not a get out of jail free card that's that what makes it possible to move forward that's exactly to move right. on because you're not chained
1: anything else is a lie and is actually racist hour two is next Back with our two live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace, Todders, and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, Gab, Parlor, MeWe. Look for Steve Dace there. Parlor, by the way, is the one place you know you can always go now to get all of our updated COVID stuff at Parlor. Follow at Steve Dace there. On Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show to sample and share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D E A C E. If you're a podcast listener, thank you. We appreciate you. We'd appreciate it, though, if you showed your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review. Hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform that you utilize. The more of you that do that, the more it helps the podcast to grow. We want to thank all of you podcast listeners that have done those things already. Also, don't forget final week to take advantage of our biggest discounted subscription here to blaze TV ever so that you don't miss the overtime that we're going to record right after today's show blaze tv.com slash That's where you can go to get that biggest discount ever. And that's also where you can go to watch all of our stuff exclusive that we do here at blaze TV, blaze tv.com slash D E A C E. If you have been struggling with pain, joints, aches, not injury, I always put this disclaimer out there. If you got an injury, make sure you go get uh, professional medical help. But whether it's your back, knees, neck, shoulder, pla- shoulder pain, for me, it's a hip flexor. The, the underlying cause is most likely inflammation. And you got to defeat that inflammation before it can cause permanent damage. Thankfully, there's a product out there that can help you do that. And it's backed by 35 years of clinical research. It's a product I use daily called Omega XL. It attacks the inflammation that causes your pain. Those topical rubs, pain relievers, they help but we're just masking the pain. What Omega XL does, though, is neutralizes the inflammation that's the cause of that painful, stiff, aching joints, muscles, etc. If you want to give it a shot, and see if you don't see the results that I've also seen. Uh, We can get you started with a buy one, get one free offer right now when you go to omegaxl.com slash Steve, my first name. omegaxl.com slash Steve, get buy one, get one free at omegaxl.com slash Steve or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right. One of my favorite Twitter accounts out there is a gentleman named Ian Miller, and I, I cannot believe he has not been banned only because he does the most devastating takedowns of the totem of the shibboleth of the damned. And traditionally, whether it's Ephesus in the first century or the United States in the twenty first, pagans, spirit of the age pagans usually don't take too kindly to having the uh, their 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 totems. Exposed and crushed right in front of them. They're usually uh, don't respond warm and fuzzy to that, which is why I thought we're long overdue doing a fake news or not, honoring Ian Miller before his Twitter account will go away, which I'm sure at some point it will. So I have a series of charts and graphs. Ian Miller works with our friends over at Rational Ground. Several of the charts and graphs that we have put together and shared with you guys in the past year on this program have come with, our, with the help of our friends at Rational Ground or Ian Miller himself. We have decided that we're going to devote an entire fake news or not this week to Ian Miller deconstructing the masquerade, kneecapping the mask holes by doing nothing other than showing the actual data you guys ready to go yes always all right let's begin here's our very first one all right let's start with our home state of iowa shall we ian writes because the media hasn't learned their lesson after iowa ended its mask mandate the washington post used this headline quote welcome to iowa a state that doesn't care if you live or die and yet cases have continued to drop and the hospitalization rate is currently 75 percent lower than it is In New York. Look at that. Huh. Weird. I love these graphs. Let's just... Let's just gaze upon it. All right. Next. Let's go to the next one. Hey, everyone. Remember how Los Angeles has received near zero media criticism for their disastrously failed COVID response? Well, the governor of Florida... Is criticized for prioritizing <laughs> seniors for vaccinations. Look at the difference in numbers. Where are there more senior citizens? By the way, Florida. Los Angeles or Florida? Do you think?
0: Uh, well, you're comparing a state to a city. Yes, but for, but, but per Florida per capita. capita yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Look at look at. And I love how he marks the dates for all of these. Right. You can see. The entire chronological order going back months and months and months. And look at Florida's trend line compared to L.A.'s.
2: Hmm. Pretty pretty high population densities in in both places. It it is.
1: You know, L.A. is the second largest city in the country. Florida is the third most populous state in the union. Similar climates, right? It's warm year round. You can't say, well, they don't have warm weather all year round in Los Angeles. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And look at this. By the way, look at what also is kind of fascinating. Look at all the different mitigation efforts here that Los Angeles has attempted to put into place, going back to last April. Look at this,
2: Florida. It's only phase three reopening and nothing else.
1: I know (laughs) Florida's got one policy on there, and it was a reopen. Meanwhile, California's done what? What is up there? One, two, three, four, five, six different mitigation efforts in LA since last April and yet look at their results compared to Florida's not even close
0: you saw what Fauci said just recently though it's because of how we politicize masks
1: yes you mean like when You're he told us not context. to wear masks yes like when he told us not to wear masks that they don't and then he didn't wear them yes himself
2: yes he thought the cameras weren't
0: yes on
1: yeah. him. like that yeah guys I have to tell you You know, I I just need to be careful. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I can't really tell you what I really think of Anthony Fauci. I can't. And it's worse than what I've even already said. I've not encountered a more malignant force. On American culture, in such a short period of time, in the American way of life, in my lifetime, even if if you thought Kinsey was a fiend, you thought Hefner was um, a hedonist, but but these were these were influences that. And still, much of America, if you wanted to avoid exposing yourself to them, you could. Right? Where, where in America do you go to not get exposed to the influence of Anthony Fauci? Now, some places his influence is stronger than others, but there's nowhere you can go that you're not exposed to his influence. Just a matter of how influential it is. It, this is the most malignant. He's the most malignant force I've encountered. I've even read about in our history books. And I can't really tell you the true depth of my thoughts about this individual. So let's continue looking at these charts instead. All right, let's continue on. Well, everyone, it's time. It's officially been two weeks since the single worst thing that ever happened to experts and media, maskless Super Bowl celebrations. They've been wrong so many times. Surely this is the time a huge maskless gathering becomes a super spreader. Hillsborough County, if you know you're Florida, that's where Tampa's located. That's where the Super Bowl was. The Super Bowl champs won it in their home stadium and then celebrated after. And yet... Look what went on for those two weeks after the maskless super spreader celebration that the formerly maskless mayor said that she would make sure the
2: police went back on video, found those people and prosecuted them. See, this one has a simple explanation. It's because they did find all of those, quote unquote, bad actors who were not wearing their masks. She rounded all them up, obviously, put a mask on on them, quarantined them. And that's why they they, uh, avoided disaster. Easy explanation.
1: Indeed. Well, we do know this. The jail, there's enough jail cells to have done that. Yeah. There's enough empty ones because we're letting guilty people out all the time nowadays. It's just how we roll. Next, let's look at another one. Two weeks ago, North Carolina basketball fans flooded local streets celebrating a win over Duke. Unsurprisingly, the media flipped out, pointing out that they weren't wearing masks. In fact, North Carolina had to cancel its very next game when its opponent saw the video of its players celebrating with the students. The opponent demanded that they cancel the next game because of a fear of COVID, right? Well, two weeks later, also unsurprisingly, cases have dropped dramatically. It's the same story, Ian Miller writes, every single time. So there's Durham and Orange County. That's where Duke and North Carolina are located. And yet again, we have a super spreader event that doesn't spread anything. I never get tired of these. Let's do another one. I love these. Fauci, I've never made any mistakes. Also, Fauci, we're going to have a twin twindemic with COVID and the flu. Reality, there's been no flu for nearly a year. We cured the flu, guys. We cured the flu. Don't you think, see, in the Obama years... I really struggled that with the notion that if 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 government if the welfare state is compassion and we had more people on food stamps in the Obama years than ever before in the history of the country I've used this stat many times over the years in when Obama was president we had more people on food stamps than the population of Spain so if we've got more people on food stamps than ever before, and and the welfare state is compassion, how come the uh, President Obama never had a rose garden ceremony, thanking, uh, uh, congratulating America for its most compassionate self, making sure America knew that. His, his administration was responsible for extending this record amount of compassion,
0: right? Like naturalization ceremonies, just yes. bring them in to give them their food stamps. Yes, and yes. I mean, if this is compassion, if, sure.
1: if this is the height of government purpose, and that purpose is being served more than ever before, why are we not commemorating that? Along those same lines, I kind of feel like we should be making a bigger deal out of the fact we have cured the flu. Don't we 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 all need? I mean, this is a divisive time in America. We're looking for unifying themes. We're looking for, the, for what rallies the country, right? I mean, who would be opposed to curing the flu?
2: Everybody's going to be hearing. <laughs> the answer might the answer might surprise you. I don't think we want to know the answer to
0: that uh,
2: question.
1: Okay, it's I, a
0: great victory for the flu shot, Steve. That's what it is. Yes.
1: Yeah. Indeed which just so happened to work this year at a rate 100% better than it's ever worked before, right? You bet. But that's because now it's a cure. Now it's the new and improved flu shot, the -hmm. one that really works. All right, next. How many more of these do we have? Because I I could just do this on day. I
2: believe we have one or two left. Okay.
1: See, I like your answer. We should just make this the show every day. Just rolling these charts. I love this, all right? So let's check in on how the U.K. is doing with that scary, more transmissible variant. The experts here keep warning us about. My favorite team, whose who's swag I'm, uh, I'm repping today, shut their basketball program down without a single positive test for 23 days of an actual quarantine. Couldn't leave the room, practice, nothing. Because one kid came back from the U.K. for an Olympic sport from Christmas and tested positive for this new scary variant. Well, look at what's going on in the U.K., which of course if you're boris johnson the prime minister of the united kingdom and you are certifiably mentally ill
0: speaking of scary more transmissible variants yes it's that guy you
1: can only look at that data you can only look at this data and say it's time for a fourth lockdown by the way what's the final data point on his chart what's it read what's it read the f- third lockdown third
2: third lockdown we've had one lockdown
1: which yes. w- which means if they're on their third they
0: they they had two other what but have you had second breakfast steve 11:00s yes. um <laughs> <Eleven-sies? laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh, we you could use some Mary and pip right about now really the uk would be governed better if Marion if, if yeah. Pip were gazing into that crystal ball yep. at, the, at the eye of Sauron yep. then being governed by Boris Johnson at this point who is certifiably insane he's insane he's a scroll Boris Johnson is a scroll that's not your mother that's an alien maybe all right the, the, he's not human something needs to do they have the 25th amendment? And, and you, the UK, is that the one uh, that uh, that you invoke when no longer fit oh, for office? Yeah. Yes. Do they have a twenty-fifth amendment in the UK? It's it's like Mad King George of the twenty-first century. Boris Johnson's a public menace. By the way, your country over there is in great shape. Your two choices last time. Listen, we're 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 beyond tired of boomer elections here in the U.S. But man, if we're doing that whole lesser of two evils things, y'all over there in the UK. Your last prime ministerial election was a guy who's certifiably insane and a living, breathing testimony to the potential of long COVID and an open anti-Semite. You guys are really doing society well over there, right now in the fatherland, right? You guys, I mean, you guys, you guys are crushing it over there right now. Things are going swell, right? You might be better off, and so would the world, if y'all just stayed in lockdown over there, if that's where y'all are at. If Pierce Morgan is Tucker Carlson in the UK, <laughs> then um, it, you guys might as well just go ahead and flip to the last page of the history book and say it was a good run here while it lasted. Assalamualaikum. Next chart. Let's take a look. It's our final one. All right. Indiana and Missouri share similar climate breakdowns, and have predictably followed similar seasonal curves. Indiana, though, mandated masks on July 28th, my birthday, while Missouri's never had a statewide mandate. So why did Indiana do worse for essentially the entire fall surge? Here's what you're also going to notice. Even though the trend line in one state is different than the other because of the baseline of results, the the actual trend itself, regardless of public policy, you see how Indiana, Missouri, it's just the same seasonal line. Indiana's is more drastic because they've had worse results. But the trend line itself, notice how they essentially, for the most part, went down and up together, regardless of policy. All right, so now that we have honored Ian Miller here for Fake News or Not, and made sure that you and the audience were aware of of his fine work before Twitter decides his name is Alex Jones for daring to publish charts with the actual data that we have. The floor now is yours, gentlemen. Fake News or Not is actually your segment. So your reaction to this series of truthful information.
0: These are total fake news Uh, I've experienced uh, the hard way over many many months because i've been posting these graphs uh to facebook friends for as long as they've been available and these these graphs are this the the scott atlas of graphs yes because they they they're very hopeful yet they induce the exact opposite in people look at what scott atlas became in the eyes of people for Daring to get in the way of Lord Fauci's microphone, and honestly, these this this has a lot to do with what we discussed last time with Coca Cola. I mean, these are like ink blotter, Rorschach test. You show these p- people, and what do you, what do you see here? They never see hope. They never see hope. Uh, mm-hmm. I see death. I see racism. I see misogyny. I mean, honestly, you. Th- there, you will never see what the story that this data actually tell because the great lie is that the people of reason and science that we've all been waiting for mm-hmm. are anything but.
2: If you were somebody, maybe a demon general named Lord of Nefarious, if you were somebody like that and you thought, hmm, This country that I have been going after and pulling the strings like a marionette for decades, it is almost done. It's almost there. They are in a full-fledged, cold civil war. What's one thing I could do that might, might have the opportunity to send them over the top? Or, if it doesn't descend or... Uh, devolve into a hot civil war. What's what's something that I could that I could uh, foist upon this country that would slide them further into uh, secular humanism, statism, religious—another really word for demonism, satanism. Um, this virus might this virus might be that. It's not the virus itself, really. The, the virus that we've been combating for the last year is is one of science because science i'm sorry science because this response has given both americas the exact opportunity for confirmation about the other that we look for on a day-to-day basis to the left see i knew they were trying to kill me Those dang Republicans, those dang conservatives in middle America, they're literally trying to kill me. They hate grandma and science. Women and minorities hardest hit. On the other side, I knew you guys were statists. You're using this to its utmost to grab the most power you possibly can. Now, the obvious obvious, uh, lie here is what Todd just pointed out. The response to this in largely... Largely, not completely, largely why it's gone um, unchallenged in most parts of the country is because the people who are running the show, pulling the levers of power, they don't believe in science. They believe in science with limited exceptions. This response to this virus is exactly, I believe, what a Lord Nefarious loves to see. Just an opportunity Anthony Fauci said it this morning, the masks were politicized. We talk, we rehashed this a little bit ago. I don't need to do it again. Yeah, yeah, it was. My people like you. Quote yesterday
1: from Anthony Fauci, I saw this tweeted out earlier. There are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of society, end quote. The first reply to this, someone who probably views themselves as really, really smart. And and she writes, quote, why are people still confused about the fact we are constantly learning more about COVID? We do not know for sure that vaccinated people do not spread COVID to others. That is the reason for caution, but we will likely have better info soon. That's complete and total nonsense. Or if it's true... Don't get the vaccine. Both of these things cannot be simultaneously true. See, when Aaron said we're not debating science, we're debating science. That's because you want you want to know. Several of you have asked me in the last year why why am I so good at analyzing data when I actually suck at math? It was my worst subject in school. Because you believe models are algorithms. They're not. They're philosophical expressions. A model doesn't just e- appear via osmosis or, 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 or dynamically or spontaneously. Poof, a model. Who creates the model? The wishcasters. Yes, a human. Yes, who determines the algorithm that the model will deploy? A human. Bill
3: who Gates. determines?
1: Who yeah. determines what the end goal of of, of, of that model is? A human. Are human beings objective entities? Are human beings objective creatures? No. That's why algorithms are not math. They're philosophy. They're applications. They're philosophical applications. And I'm I'm really good in that arena. That's where I'm the cleanup hitter. On the math team, I'm in right field backing up the guy already playing right field okay but on this team logic reason philosophy i'm your cleanup hitter on that team and these models are bs because their assumptions are flawed their end goals are biased and therefore all the data that they made their conclusions with are bad other than that... They're great. Other than that, they're great. Because we're not competing mathematical formulas. There, is, there begins a human intuition somewhere. Somewhere, human nature
2: made a determination before the math was deployed. This is the point that MC Hammer was making this morning on Twitter. I'm dead serious.
0: Really? Yeah. Can't touch this then right now, right? Uh-huh, nice. yeah. Okay, sorry. Maybe you can rap. <laughs> nice. That's you know, you gave so up some whiteness right there. Well done. If if if
1: these are experimental vaccines, that's not debatable. They were rushed into development. Not debatable. See, this is why Ben Shapiro finally got to the fire Fauci front yesterday. Because Ben is also really good at philosophy and logic and argumentation. All right. And Ben understands. You cannot tell me that we have to get everybody vaccinated and then tell us when people are getting vaccinated to not behave as if they've been vaccinated. It's one or the other then. But they both they can both be wrong. One can be wrong and the other right. But they cannot both be simultaneously true. So then they're not vaccines. Choose one. They don't work. Which one is it? The reason that you, if you're elderly, um, if you have the handful of pre-existing conditions that this virus sadly, tragically, looks to target the most and kill, the reason that you should take the risk with experimental vaccines, and, and by the way, the same impetus the stock price that drives a company like Pfizer to want to get it on this market of cutting edge big pharma. But keep in mind, it works the other way too. Like if 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 10,000 people fall dead from a Pfizer vaccine, does, Aaron, does that help their stock price? Probably not. Probably not. Probably doesn't help. So So the profit motive works both ways. You should just understand that, okay? It works in order to, fulfill a return on investment, but then the profit motive is also, dude, if we suck at this and kill people, we're screwed. So it works both ways. So when I say they're experimental, I don't mean that conspiratorially. That's just what they are. This is the most rushed vaccine testing process probably in all of human history. And keep in mind, it's for a virus whose current worldwide case fatality rate, worldwide, is 2.2%. So this is largely being done so that a bunch of wealthy white people in their suburban brownstones can feel like they can go back to watch Hamilton again. But that's that's largely why this is being done. If we're just being brutally honest, that's really why it's being done. Because for almost anybody watching or listening to me right now, this virus is not a threat to you from a lethality standpoint. So they're experimental the reason that you would go ahead and take the chance is it's a cost-benefit analysis to you, right? I'm in a high-risk group. I have a high-risk pre-existing condition. So you weigh it. But if he's telling you that, it doesn't, that if, you, if, you have, if you've taken the vaccines, you still must be treated like a leper, then why would you take the risk? Why would you do that? You take the risk to get your life back or have your life extended. But Fauci's telling you do it and you still can't have that. Then why? Wow. Sold to the man in the cold sweat. Boy, I I can't believe there's just not people lining up for that offer. So the offer is take the experimental vaccine and then still be a leper? I mean, hot damn. I mean, where do I sign up for that? That's just some great messaging and branding. Choose one. They cannot both be true. They either work or they don't. But they can't work and then still act as if they don't. That is a scam. Anthony Fauci is scam incarnate. (laughs) over at Patriot Mobile have just expanded their coverage dramatically, which makes it even easier for more Americans to dump the big name lefty carriers who charge you way too much money anyway and then donate your money to leftist causes. Instead, you can go with Patriot Mobile because they never send a penny to your enemies and they never silence you. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. So you can switch with confidence knowing that you're going to get the same network as the large providers, but charged less. Switching is easy. You can keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one, whichever you prefer. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. And for this month's special, get free premier activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift. So if you're one of those, hey, why is my VCR blinking 12 o'clock? 12 o'clock. Patriot Mobile's got your back. All right. A free Premiere activation. They set up the phone for you plus a special gift with the offer code Steve at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. Our old friend Josh Hammer back here with us, uh, editor for the op-ed page over at Newsweek. Good to see you, Josh. How are you, brother?
3: It's always a pleasure, Steve. Hope you're doing all right.
1: I am, man. Thanks for joining us again. And I saw a piece that you just wrote for Public Discourse. And what we talked about at the top of the show today, where, listen, I thought Brett Kavanaugh was going to suck all along just looking at his profile. I thought it was Carl Rove in a black robe. and. Um, I think that's been proven true, largely since he's been there. So I'm not surprised by the way he ruled yesterday. Um, Neil Gorsuch, who is supposedly the anti- the libertarian anti-Scalia, literally created uh, gender dysphoria as a civil right last year. And then yesterday, on the heels of what I thought was a weak ruling from her on the California case where she ruled that the governor could still ban you from singing in church, maybe, or at least that need to be looked at, for Amy Coney Barrett, I think to be the deciding vote on not granting cert to these voter fraud lawsuits yesterday. I mean, Josh, if Neil Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett, if those are the best that we have, that that's that's your that I, that doesn't strike me her initial salvo out of the gate as the heiress to the throne of Antonin Scalia as his former clerk, if that's the best that FedSoc can come up with, Josh, we need to radically alter the process by which we are determining our jurisprudence or our judges, or we just let Clarence Thomas select them all. Your thoughts. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Steve, if we could just clone Clarence Thomas, that would solve a lot of our of our country's woes. There's no doubt about. There's no doubt about that. Look, um, you know, you and I are two peas in a pod when it comes to all these judicial issues, I and mean, you know we we've been tra- trafficking and, and, and saying very similar things for any number of years now. Look, I I I make. Literally a card-carrying Federal Society member. I think my membership card is in my wallet. I was a three-year board member back in the University of Chicago Law School. I am a Federal Society speaker. I did an event just yesterday, actually. My, my, so I, I don't have any animus whatsoever for my for my friends um, at the Federal Society, and in, in particular, it's actually probably one of the most wildly successful organizations on the on the American right over the past forty years. Uh, I think the, the relevant question is whether um, it's almost gotten so successful, so as to be counterproductive. We keep on chugging along rather than just pausing to assess what we're actually doing. So, you know, I'm happy you kind of teased that piece that I wrote at the the public discourse website last week uh, called uh, common, common Good Originalism, which is, you know, that's not the first time I've kind of used this phrase. My first essay on this subject was uh, almost a year ago at Claremont Institute's American Mind website, also called Common Good Originalism. And I'll have a much lengthier kind of like academic article in a Harvard Law Journal kind of laying this out in a slightly more nerdy, granular, academic detail this May. So uh, what, what is Common Good Originalism? Well, before, before we get to that, let's talk about a few other things that I think conservatives ought to at least be thinking about when it comes to trying to get our judicial uh, nominations and our justices right. Because the actual jurisprudence is actually just one component of it. I think of this as kind of an all-of-the-above strategy, the same way that I think of the the conservative fight against big tech as being kind of an all-hands-on-deck, all-of-the-above strategy. So, too, do I think we need need to conceptualize the fight to kind of get our constitutional order and our judiciary correct as an all-of-the-above strategy. So, you know, let's start with, with, with the academy. We need to, like, actually literally reform the way legal education is done. Um, just to take like one example, First-year law students all across the country are kind of inundated with the English common law. They learn about the common law of property, of contracts. Uh, We learn about uh, crime, uh, criminal law, uh, constitutional law, obviously, is usually a first-year law course. The problem is that in in legal education in America, you don't actually learn what the English common law was based on. There is no sense to kind of imbue into the curriculum natural law, Mm -hmm. the Bible, natural justice, any of the things that the English common lawyers would have taken for granted. So, that's number one. Number two, talk about the actual judicial nominations selection process. Now, you know, look, there are a few things that I think would be helpful here. These are not precise remedies, they are very crass, heavy-handed. One thing that I would suggest is I would literally suggest an actual moratorium, a hard moratorium, a hard pause on nominating Harvard Law and Yale Law School graduates to Supreme Court. Now, I'm not just saying that because I went to University of Chicago Law School, which is, you know, a rival of those two, but like we actually need to get people from middle America. And, you know, Amy it's not perfect. Look, Amy Coney Barrett has uh, had some vote so far. She's not perfect. She obviously is very much a kind of a middle America, born in Louisiana, went to college in Tennessee, taught at, at and went to law school in Notre Dame. So she, she, she obviously is closer to that and she's not perfect. So these are not perfect remedies, but these are just so, sort of the kind of things that I want people on the right to start thinking about. The final piece of the puzzle, as you tease though, is the actual jurisprudential component. You know, we talk, uh, when I'm on the show with you, Steve, we've talked a lot in the past about the Amari French debate from 2019, what it is, what it represents, what the kind of conservative infighting is. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with common good originals. I'm trying to get people on the right to say, hmm, do we simply love the Constitution because it lays out um, a, 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 a literal procedure because it kind of is like an algorithm for how we ought to structure our society? Or do we love it because there's actually a kind of a higher truth that was actually largely taken for granted by the American founders that they didn't think would need to be retaught because they assumed that that was the entire purpose of their entire edifice to begin with. And what I say in Common Good Originalism is I say go to the Constitution's preamble. This is something that people don't talk about a lot, the preamble. In the preamble, I don't don't have the exact words in front of me, but there are seven enumerated claims. There are seven aims that the people who wrote the preamble said they wanted, these are the goals for the entire Constitution to begin Mm -hmm. with. Establish justice, promote the general welfare, the common defense, secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. What I say in common good originalism is that when we're trying to decipher the true original meaning of a provision, that framework, justice, the general welfare, the common good, the natural transcendental order ought to imbue the legal enterprise itself. Um, I think that would solve uh, certainly not all of our problems, but it would at least get us back on the right track.
1: What you're arguing philosophically, in my view, is a counter purpose to law when what we have argued on the right most of my career is a counter role for the law and this 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 is similar to what we have done across the board politically we are up against a spirit of the age we're not having arguments about this isn't 1983 Tip and Reagan aren't arguing whether the top marginal tax rate should be 49 or 36 percent. And then looking at dynamic scoring and different versions of economic modeling at what would be a better boost to uh, middle class um, cost of living. We're talking about fundamentals of existence here. We're up against a spirit. Tip and Reagan didn't argue over what's a woman. We're arguing about the very fundamentals of existence here on the right. My entire career, Josh, whether it's on the legal circles or the political ones, we have tried to come up with every every op, every opposing view possible other than the one that's actually being argued. Can we we, we keep arguing for process and technocratic uh, you know duty? They're over there literally proselytizing full bore Lyndon LaRouche times Jehovah's Witnesses times, uh, um, you know, um, um, Islamic fundamentalist level of cult uh, uh, to every institution and trying to remake life. And we're arguing, you know, what's the 14th sentence of the Eighth Amendment? (laughs) this is this is this never had any shot what i hear you arguing is that the other side believes the purpose of the law is to advance their warped view of justice which just so happens to give them the most power in any situation but at least it's a reason it's a purpose it's the it's it's i would argue demonic but it's at least a purpose our view is strict constructionism um you know which adverb is here you're arguing that we need to provide the country a counter purpose to the law
3: yeah, I think that's really well said. Um, the left is, is clear on very one thing that the right has way too infrequently been clear on over the past 15, 20, 30 years, however long you want to go back. And you, you nailed it. The left has their vision of justice. Now, as you and I and all of your listeners and viewers uh, all know, it is a morally perverse, upside down view of justice. Um, what the left, can you know, contemporarily calls social justice, whether it's, you know, uh, systemic racism, the defund the police, any uh, transgender, any of this stuff, you and I know that it is contrary to natural justice, to biblical values, to the transcendental order, all of that. Here's the thing though, Steve, not only am I encouraging uh, you know, people on the right, be they law students, lawyers, judges, uh, commentators, whoever, whoever has a dog in this fight, which ought to be all of us, I'm encouraging everyone to, uh, to think about this uh, in a slightly new way. The other point though is that, it, 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 I can't emphasize this enough, what we are saying was baked into the equation. So what I'm arguing is not particularly radical or particularly heretical. In fact, this was the way that legal interpretation was done at English common law. It was the way that constitutional interpretation was done by, at, at minimum, large swaths of the founding generation. You know, Thomas Jefferson might be a slight outlier there, but this was definitely the jurisprudence of Alexander Hamilton. Federalist 33 kind of lays it out probably is probably my best Federalist paper citation. If you, if you read that, it's, it's very much in line With what I'm saying here, it was very much the jurisprudence of the greatest chief justice in this U.S. Supreme Court history, John Marshall. He was he said things exactly along the lines of what I'm saying. And then, kind of John Marshall's de facto successor as kind of like a leading conservative jurist, it was the great Joseph Story, one of the greatest jurists in our history. His jurisprudence was exactly what I'm saying. It was taken for granted that a a natural order, that principles of natural justice and the common good, undergirded exactly what they wrote in the 1787 Constitution that came out of the convention In Philadelphia, it it is impossible to understand the words on the page without understanding that. Um, So we've just gotten way too far down the rabbit hole of values neutrality uh, 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 of of that. There's not necessarily kind of a an eternal correct answer, but Mm -hmm. rather that the word can mean something. I mean, that's how you get to Bostock and the Title Seven transgender stuff. It's just nonsense.
1: Great stuff. It was a great piece, Josh. Always appreciate your work. Good to see you again, brother. Take care. All right. You too, Steve. All right. Take care. Hey, if you're looking to get involved in a real estate market at any point in time, but especially during these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. uh, Make sure you go in with an agent you can trust. Now, where would you find this agent? Because it's not like when you go to the website for the real estate company in your market, they tell you, don't go to these agents. They're bad. Thankfully, there's a place where you can go where they tell you go to these agents, they're good. The name kind of says it all. Realistitagentsitrust.com. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of agents who talked a good game, a lot of bravado, but then in the end could not produce the promised results. They don't want the same thing to happen to you. So they've got a referral service of agents nationwide whose track record of success has been fully verified and validated. So just about anywhere you're looking to move in America. Make sure you go in with an agent you can trust. You're going to find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. What I really heard Josh saying there, and he even dropped the word eternity in that last answer. See, and I think in the last couple of years, it's been more, there's been more permission to say this than when I used to say this early in my career. There's this notion that the desire for more humanism and godlessness is largely, if not exclusively, concentrated on the left in America. While that may even be where it originates, and it certainly is where it has the most vibrant, concentrated desire it is not uniquely located there. The truth of the matter is the reason why we don't have the existential argument with the left that it's having but respond technocratically or shallow, or, or with shallow, trite platitudes is because there's too many people on the right that don't want to be accountable to a God either. And so... Ultimately, there must be order. So the order then is, well, the free market then will decide. But what if the free market decides that you don't have free speech anymore? Then what do we do? And the American right has, has, has vacated the square of idealism. The left uniquely holds it. That's one of the reasons why they've captured the imagination of the younger generations. They're offering them meta they're offering them purpose justice mission mission justice purpose what worldview are are those words traditionally ascribed to a biblical worldview well let's just take the english common law but strip it of all its organics everything that it comes from and then teach that that won't work any more than just Hand a rock parliamentary democracy, a plug-and-play system, and they'll become just like the West. No, they won't. See, the right doesn't want to defend the fundamentals. The left wants to replace them. They have the more compelling narrative. They've captured imaginations. They've given people purpose. It's a counterfeit. It's a cult. It's a counterfeit religion. But it's better than what size tax break do I give um, General Motors? It's better than I will not be bullied and they're giving people back their money. So I'll send it to Burma instead. It's more compelling than that. <laughs> the good news is they now control so much of the cultural sectors at the moment that we only have one argument now we we don't have the benefit of all those technocratic arguments that we made to avoid offending people and losing our place of and of prominence and our stature in society yeah, It's all been stripped away from us now on any day any day you could tune in here and the blaze doesn't exist from a social media standpoint could happen at any moment for nothing we did it's tuesday they just had enough so we're not we're not we don't have the luxury anymore of calculation how much can I say how much truth can you take will it cost me my position on this board or this primetime show I host we are alienated disenfranchised from all of those things so we might as well just bring it now cuz that's all we have left the truth John 3:17